All right, I am so thankful today that we have an everlasting foundation in Jesus Christ that we can stand on the faithfulness of His Word and the competency of His death and resurrection. We can truly trust our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Stand on that truth. Welcome this morning. It's so great to see you guys. I appreciate our veterans and their service uh, to uh, our nation. Uh, I think about uh, Brother Bill Minson and his family. Uh, my family also had uh, many members. My grandfather started out in service, and he was commissioned into the cavalry in World War I. And uh, after a while, that kind of disbanded for uh, practical reasons. It's hard to race against machine guns on a horse, but... <laughs> so uh, he uh, he uh, was transferred into the infantry from the cavalry. So he went from riding to walking. And my dad was in the Army Air Corps, which came to be the Air Force. And so uh, I'm excited about those opportunities that uh, uh, you guys have. So I thank God because of your service that when I was uh, my age, that we lived in peacetime. So it wasn't a necessity. And so I really am grateful for that. I want to invite you this morning to turn your Bibles to Colossians. Chapter 1. Uh, and I want to share a message with you this morning. You may think, well, Brother Mike, you're a little bit early, but all of our seasons are early anymore, right? I mean, listen, uh, you know, uh, um, Thanksgiving is celebrated almost in September now, and Christmas is the first of November, so I'm going to get ahead of our, our Thanksgiving celebration with a message I'm entitled Be Thankful. Uh, and so it'll help us to begin to celebrate or prepare our minds and thoughts for that upcoming celebration. But I, I want to assure you, you know, we don't need a national holiday to be thankful. As, as believers, we ought to be the most grateful people on the face of the earth. We have more to be thankful for than any other group of people on the face of this earth. We have the, our, our basis and our hope uh, in Jesus Christ for being thankful. And as Paul writes the book of Colossians, I have to remember the context and where he was. He was uh, in uh, imprisonment because of his faith in Jesus Christ. And yet he felt this strong need, even in his hard circumstances, he felt this strong need to reach out and encourage other believers. And so he sat down and he began to write a letter to this church of struggling believers, uh, and in it is great encouragement and instruction. When you think about the book of Colossians today, it deals with so many contemporary issues that you and I are facing as believers in our current culture today. There's uh, this huge debate going on how we got here. It's been going on for a while, but it's raging today about how we got here and how, how hum, human beings were uh, you know, brought into existence. Well, we know the answer to that, and Paul gives it in the book of Colossians. He says that we have, we have our being and we have our existence because God created us. We're created by God, and everything that is was created by God, and that the one who sits preeminent over all these things is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, in our culture today, when, when a, a lot of people are struggling with how did I get here, what's my purpose, you and I as believers can tell them what that, how they got here. They got here through an act of creation of a sovereign God, and that they're here for uh, a significant purpose, and that's to glorify Him. Uh, so you can help them define how they got here, their purpose in life as well. Uh, but Paul goes on also in Colossians to talk about not only that, uh, but um, 
A contemporary thought today is uh, always surrounded by hu- uh, humanism or uh, the uh, elevation of, of human beings instead of God. And so there's a lot of things that are written and philosophies that are thought out and uh, th- uh, ways of thinking that are devised by man that, that are inferior to God's wisdom. And Paul begins to confront in the book of Colossians the things of, of this world that wants to exalt themselves above the things and the wisdom of God. And he, he really destroys that kind of thinking and the philosophies of men through the wisdom of God. You know, but yet he begins this book in a spirit or a sense of thanksgiving. And he's thankful for Christians and believers and for what God has done in the life of believers. He gives a wonderful introduction as he talks about um, himself and uh, about others that are serving with him. And then he makes a commendation to the saints and uh, asks them to be faithful or calls them faithful. Uh, And then he goes on and he begins to make this statement of faithfulness. Follow along with me if you would in Colossians chapter 1 beginning at verse 3. He says, we give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it has also into all the world, and is bringing forth fruit, as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth, as you also learned from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declares to us your love in the Spirit. Paul was thankful for these believers, and he gives just cause for his thankfulness. And we're going to look at that, but pray with me if you would this morning. Father in heaven, thank you for the foundation of your word, the truth uh, that we need for our lives today. Father, thank you that we can see a grateful servant who certainly is thankful for what he knows and what he's seen you do. And yet, Lord, as we think about it in our own lives, we can be thankful for the same things because we've had the same experience. We know these same truths to be true. And Father, I just pray this morning that you'll open our hearts to your word, that your Holy Spirit teach us the things that will grow us stronger in our faith, that will bring us closer to you, that will make us more in love with you and each other. Father, I just ask you today that if we have a burden here this morning, that you'll speak to that burden through your word. And Father, if there's a single need here today, that uh, that need would be spoken to and addressed through your word today. Father, you're a great and wonderful God. And we give you praise and thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as Paul begins, he certainly is someone that values the idea of thanksgiving. I mean, he uh, was uh, uh, someone who could look at his circumstances, no matter how how abundant they were or or how difficult they were and in all things. And always Paul could find a way to be thankful for his life and even what he was uh, maybe involved in or his circumstances. You know, as believers, what a great outlook, isn't it? That when we can look at life and know that God's in control. 
when we can look at our circumstances and our situations and know that we have an eternal God, a good Father who's working on our behalf in all of our circumstances. With the understanding that as difficult as they are, that He's going to bring good out of all those possibilities. That's our God. That, that's who's on our side. That who, that's who takes up our cause. And Paul understood that. And so in all situations, he could look at things and see something to be thankful for. Listen to what he found as he looked at his situation and also at the believers in Colossae as he wrote these things to them. He says, we give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ praying always for you. In other words, Paul saw these believers as an object uh, of, of thanksgiving. He says in verse 4, Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for the saints. You see, one of the things that Paul was thankful for and that you and I certainly need to be thankful for is that we need to be thankful for salvation. That Paul mentioned here that he was thankful for their faith in Christ Jesus. If there's nothing else that you think that you might have today to be thankful for, Maybe things are difficult, they're hard for you, you're discouraged right now, or maybe you feel just a little bit defeated. I want to assure you, if you put it all in perspective, one thing that you and I all can be thankful for is that we have salvation in Jesus Christ, that no matter what, there's hope in our relationship with Him. And so we ought to be thankful for salvation. You know, he goes on and he begins to really expound on salvation and what it means and how we got it and all those things throughout this book. And some of the things that we ought to be thankful for is that in salvation that we have the relationship of salvation. In other words, that God in us, that Christ, our our hope of glory, that He is the one that we have a relationship with. That comes through uh, our belief and trust in Jesus Christ. Uh, he said, listen to what he says in verse 10. He says uh, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and in, in increasing in knowledge of God. What's that sound like? It sounds like a relationship, doesn't it? Is that we're walking in life, that we're finding our way, that we're learning how to please God, that we're learning the things that are important to Him, that we're following the things and being obedient to the things that are pleasing to Him. It's a relationship. Now, if you have a relationship with somebody and you want that relationship to grow, what do you do? You discover more about that person, right? Uh, Some of you may remember back long before you were married when you were dating the person that you may be married to here today. A couple of years ago for some of you. Uh, Some of you maybe many more years ago than that. Uh, But I promise you, if you could remember those things, if you chose to, that there would probably be an element of discovery in that kind of relationship, in your relationship. In other words, there was that time in your mind and in your heart, you wanted to know everything that you could. Now you may be scratching your head and say, I wish there were some things that I hadn't found out about. That, that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but but uh, you wanted to discover things. You wanted to share common joys and common things that you love together. Uh, And all these things are a part of a relationship because of our faith in Jesus Christ, because of this new relationship through salvation. Now we can know Him. We can share those things. And Paul began to expound on that. Look, your relationship with Jesus Christ, no matter how long you've been a Christian, is really just beginning in a sense. In other words, that discovery is new every day. Lamentations talks about that. That His mercies are new every day. Great is His faithfulness. We're learning more about our God and His faithfulness every single day. 
And why can we do that? Because we have a relationship with Him. Let me give you a second thing to be thankful for about this salvation. Not only the relationship of salvation, but in verse 12, He talks about the regeneration by salvation. Regeneration just means we got life in Jesus Christ, right? We're alive in Him. Uh, that we're made alive. He says in verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. So Paul is saying, listen, that God has qualified us for this thing, that we have life in Jesus Christ, relationship with Jesus Christ. Why? It's not based on our qualifications, but He qualified us through the death of His Son, Jesus Christ. That's what makes us, positions us, gives us access is the way for you and I to be right with God is through Jesus Christ. So we're alive. We were dead in our trespasses and sins, Scripture says, but you, He made alive in Christ Jesus. And that life comes, that regeneration comes because of salvation through our, our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's exciting. Isn't it? Hey, I'm thankful. I, I thank God I got a new life in Jesus Christ because I, I remember the old one I used to have. And I am so thankful for the new one that I have. Because the new one promises me so much more than the old one did. And we have life. Uh, Not only life, but in salvation, but there's the reconciliation of salvation. You see that in verse 13. He says, He has delivered us... From the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. You see, we were enemies of God before we came to faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible says we were at enmity. In other words, we were at war with God. And there was this rebellion in our life and in our heart. And all of us were born rebels. You might think, hey, man, that sounds pretty cool, doesn't it? <laughs> well, it's really not. As a matter of fact, it's pretty awful. Because the great God who loved us and created us in His own image, when we chose to rebel against Him, and every one of us has, that we, we, we were d- deemed enemies of God, at war with Him. And what we needed more than anything else is to be at peace with God. And that peace is reconciliation. When two people are warring against each other and they come together and they work things out, that's reconciliation. Now listen, that's what Jesus Christ opened His arms up on the cross to do, is to open a way for you and I to be reconciled with God. To stop being at war with Him. To stop being in rebellion against Him, but to come to Him in peace. And Jesus Christ paid for that opportunity for us to have peace with God on the cross. You you, you talk about a violent act. Crucifixion was one of the most violent acts that one human being could do to another. But yet in that violence and in that pain, Jesus bore our sins and the penalty of our sins on Himself, and He reconciled us to God. Man, I have peace with God through Jesus Christ. And we're reconciled to Him. Those differences are put away. And now we have peace with God. I'm thankful for that. 
I'm thankful because I couldn't do that for myself. But Jesus did it for me and he did it for you. And then also there's the redemption of salvation as well as he speaks about in verse 14. What does he say? He says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. How do we have this redemption? What does it mean to be redeemed? It means to be bought at a price. If we were bought at a price, we were owned by something else, right? If we needed to be purchased, then we belonged to something else. What do we belong to? We belonged to sin. And we were bound by sin. The Bible says we were slaves to sin. Christ Jesus paid the ransom so that you and I could be free to be and to belong to Him. So now all of a sudden Paul's thinking about this and it's rolling through his mind and he heard about those that were saved and and, and he began to reach out and write to them and Paul said, hey, I'm so thankful because all this has happened to you, this happened to me. And so he says, "I'm, I'm thankful for salvation. Listen, when we enter in this holiday or really the rest of our life, why why don't we live in a constant understanding of how joyful salvation is? How thankful we ought to be. Well, let's move on a little bit because look look also in verse 4. Not only be thankful for salvation, but I think he says be thankful for the saints, for the people of God. He says in verse 4, he says, Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all the saints. Paul says, look, we heard about you being saved. And we also heard about what, what, what that salvation produced in you. A love for saints. A love for the people of God. And so I agree with wholeheartedly with being thankful for other believers. Because let me tell you, if it weren't for other believers in the body of Christ today in my life, that uh, the journey in my relationship with Jesus Christ would be almost impossible. I've had so many valued people in my life throughout the years that have encouraged me and counseled me and guided me through so many difficult times. And they were, they were believers as well. And so they, they helped me in, in my walk with the Lord Jesus Christ because of their same kind of relationship that they have with Him. You see, we're connected in Christ. Paul says your love for all the saints. <laughs> there's the, there's not, a, not a, a believer in Jesus Christ that you and I aren't connected to through Him. There's no other Christian, no matter what they look like or what age they are or what their personalities are, that we're not connected to as brothers and sisters because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we're, we're connected together in Christ. Look, everything about our story is going to be interconnected with each other. We, you, can't, you can't separate the body of Christ because if you did, you'd be able to separate Christ Himself. So good, bad, wonderful, whatever, we're in this thing together. So you're stuck with me in the body of Christ. <laughs> The best thing that you can pray for me is I'll go to heaven before you do. Right? (laughs) But we're all together in this. In Jesus Christ. Uh, Another thing that Paul reminds us of also about being thankful for the saints is that, that we're all called by Christ. In other words, he says that your love for all the saints. Now listen, Paul used that word for a reason. Because that word saint literally means to be set apart. 
to be set apart for God. Not only are we together, but we're together for the same reason. That we're working together as one in the body of Christ to bring about God's great plan of bringing glory and honor to Him. Now the wonderful thing about the body of Christ, it's so diverse. I look around this morning and I I see so many different lives who who, uh, have so many uh, different opportunities, who do so many different things wonderfully. And, and I see such a diverse body of people here today. But yet one thing that holds us together in common is our relationship in Jesus Christ. So much potential, so much opportunity in the body of Christ. And we're set apart for Him. That the moment we were saved, God set us apart from the rest of humanity. It's not that we're better than anybody else. But we have a different relationship with God. And so He set us apart. In other words, He designated us, marked us for Him and for His purposes. And so Paul looked at that and he said, you know, I'm thankful for the saints. I'm I'm thankful for the body of Christ because of the impact it has on our lives as individuals as well as serving in the church. Thankful for the body of Christ. Be thankful for other believers. Well, let me give you another thing that he's thankful for. Not only the saints and salvation, but if you look at verses 5 and 6, he's really saying be thankful for Scripture, for the Scriptures. (laughs) He says in verse 5, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. What's he saying? He says, look, you have a reason for hope. Isn't that great? How do we know that we have a reason for hope? Because of the revelation of the Scriptures. The revelation of the Scriptures let us know what we have in God. How would we even know there's a heaven if God hadn't told us? How would we even know how wonderful that place of heaven is if God hadn't told us? How would we know how to get there if God hadn't told us? It's His revelation. So the promises and the hope that we have because of our relationship with Jesus Christ is is revealed to us by Scripture. I'm thankful for the Word of God because when my heart's broken, I can find a place that'll mend it. When, uh, When my power seems less than sufficient, I find a place to be energized. When my wisdom fails me, I find an eternal word full of truths that never change that will guide me in life. That's the Bible. That's God's revelation. You know, not only that, but if you look, he, He not only talks about the revelation of the Scripture, but He talks about the reality of the Scriptures. He says, of which you heard before in the word of truth, in the word of the truth of the gospel. Paul says, listen, this thing is true. We can trust the Bible, that, that it's reliable. Look, it's proved itself for generation to generation that what the Word of God says is true. We can look at some of the Old Testament and see some of the things that God said would come about, and they have. We, we can look at the things in Scripture and see how God describes the human condition, and we can look around our world and say, you know what, the Word of God's right. 
Uh, we, we can look around us today and see what's valuable and what's a priority, and we can find that in the Word of God, and we can look around. If we'll search our heart and be honest, we'll find out that the Bible tells us what ought to be important is really should what be, is what should be important. And what should be a priority is, is a priority, or should be. What has value? Because why the Word of God is reliable. We can trust it. It's, it's trustworthy. Well, he goes on also and says about the Word of God, not only that, but he talks about the response of the Scriptures. How does, how does believing in the Word of God, what, what kind of response do we get from that? Look at verse 6. Which has come to you, talking about the Word, the Gospel, as it has also in all the world. In other words, what Paul says, the Bible works everywhere. It doesn't matter where you go, the Bible will work. When you go to Romania, the Bible works. They have a different, they have a different translation than we do. It's still the Bible. But it works because it's the testimony and the revelation of God. And he says that no matter where it goes in the world, it works. He says, and it has come also into the world and, and is bringing forth fruit. You see, there's the... There, there, there's what happens when the Bible begins to take hold in our life. Not only fruit of salvation when people come to Jesus Christ. In other words, if we faithfully preach and teach the Word of God, people are going to come to Jesus Christ. If we go out in the world and in our lives and we witness and testify about what the Scripture reveals to us about Jesus Christ, it'll work. Because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. But, but also other kind of fruit. Fruit of Christ-likeness. Fruit of Jesus Christ and His character. That the Word of God, if we faithfully continue in the Word, that God will use that Word and He will begin to produce in us things that look a lot like Jesus Christ. Because after all, the Bible says that we're predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. That we should renew our minds and not be conformed to this world. So all that comes out of the Word of God. You see, the Word of God is powerful. Hebrews says, and sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide asunder the deep thoughts and intents of our heart. Only the Word of God can do that. Why? Because it's responsive to our need. And we can do that. So Paul says, be thankful for the Word. So let me tell you, just celebrate your holidays and Thanksgiving, Christmas, all those things. Listen, the scriptures, the Bible ought to be a major part in how you celebrate. And then finally, one last thing to be thankful for. If you look at verse 7, be thankful for service. For service. He says in verse 7, as you also learn from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. Paul's saying be thankful for the opportunity to serve God. And we don't always see it that way, do we? How, how often do we sometimes as believers see serving in the church as a burden? Well, let's be honest. I, I mean, look, look, certainly that has to be a part of our thinking because if, I, you know, anytime we put a need in the bulletin, we don't have people knocking down the doors to... It's only after urging and prayer and deep, deep compelling pleas that you get that, that sometimes do we step up and we serve. 
if we really saw service for what it is and the value of it and how it affects our life and relationship with Jesus Christ, we wouldn't, we'd have more people than we had jobs in the church ready to serve in all reality. Because the high honor of serving Jesus Christ is exactly that. It's a high honor. There's no calling like it. You see, why is that so? Because, listen, service engages other people. It really does. He says, he talked about this faithful servant. He says, a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf. Paul says, Epaphras is a faithful minister of God on your behalf. In other words, he's serving Christ in your midst. In, 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 in with you and in your life. That he's bringing glory to God by what he's doing for you on Christ's behalf. What a privilege that is to be able to be a part of someone else's life on such a level that that's the deepest part of us, our faith. And God allows us to, to connect and to engage each other through service. Through service. Well, service not only engages others, but service encourages others. Can you imagine Paul being in prison? You know, Paul was, the Bible says that Paul was chained to a soldier all the time. Can you imagine that? Being chained to somebody all the time and being restricted and being only allowed certain visitation and certain things. And so we might assume that Paul might have had the opportunity to get discouraged. But listen to what the scripture says in verse 8. Here's what Epaphras done. He came from Colossae, about a thousand miles to Rome. Can you imagine that? How many people would you walk a thousand miles for? Anybody? <laughs> okay. All right, husbands, put your hands down. Okay. <laughs> he walked. And listen, here's what he brought to Paul. Here's the news. Who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. I want you to think about that just for a minute. Here's Paul. And one day, out of the blue, a knock on his jail cell. I don't know. Somebody rattled the chain of his prisoner, prison captor, and said, there's somebody out here to see you. I'm going to let him have five minutes with you. And all of a sudden, there's a Epaphras. Shoes worn out, tired, legs cramping. He comes up to Paul. He says, I want you to know that in Colossae, the church loves God. Wow. What an amazing encouragement to the Apostle Paul. You know, sometimes when we sit down, we take a pen and a card and we write a note of thanks or encouragement. And we lick that envelope and stamp or whatever we do and we throw it in the mailbox. We don't know the power of that encouragement that it has on the other end. When we stand by somebody and we put our arm around them and we say, I want you to know that it's going to be okay. Power that kind of encouragement. When we speak to someone and say, I appreciate 
everything that you do, power that kind of encouragement. You see, service, it encourages others. And we ought to be thankful for it. Bow with me and let's pray. Father in heaven, we're so thankful today for the blessings that